Hello, you're listening to the Osana Houston podcast. Osana Houston is a church for all people transforming lives through love and generosity. Here, we revisit Sunday sermons from Pastor Edwin Guerra. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here, for joining us on live stream. We thank you for joining us. If you have a Bible, open your Bible on the book of Luke. Today we're titling this message, I Give Up. And it's a call truly to give up to the notion or the idea that we are able, but only that God is able. So God is calling people to repentance. And this is the reason Jesus comes to this earth to remind us and to call us all to repentance because that was the only way that we had a chance, that we were even close to having a deep and a true relationship with our Creator, the Father. This is the only way anyone can avoid God's wrath, really. So Jesus has to come and He gives His life and dies for our sin. When we were sinners, He loved us, says the Scriptures. Now, in repentance... Is a change of mind, a change of perception, a change of direction. But especially a change or a regeneration of the mind. And after the mind is regenerated and transformed and changed, then it begins to show a change in our actions and the things that we do on our daily lives. So I asked you to go to Luke Verse chapter 13, if you want to start there in verse 1 with me, please. And this is Jesus speaking. It says, verse 1, about this time, Jesus was informed that Pilate had murdered some people from Galilee as they were offering sacrifice at the temple. Verse 2, do you think those Galileans, this is Jesus speaking now, were worse sinners than all of the other people from Galilee? And Jesus asked, Jesus asked is, they, is that why they suffered? Did they die because they are bigger sinners than the rest? This is what Jesus is asking, verse 3. And he answers, says, not at all. And you will perish too, he says, unless you repent of your sins and turn to God. Verse 4, and now, and what about the 18 people? So Jesus adds to the story and says, who died in the Tower of Siloam fell, uh, when the Tower of Siloam fell on them. Were they the worst sinners in Jerusalem? So Jesus is asking this. And again, he answers, no. I'll tell you again, that unless you repent, you will perish too. In these verses that we're reading, there's, if you can see here, there's no, there's no wiggle room in these verses from Jesus. Jesus mentions here twice that we need to repent. That there is no bigger sinner or less sinner, there is just sinners. And twice he's calling us to repent and he says, if you don't repent, you will uh, uh, truly perish or die. And I'd like to say today, church, that repentance is a, an ongoing Please hear this out. Repentance is an ongoing state of mind, body, and soul. So it's not a one-time repentance event. 
right? Who here remembers when they came to Jesus for the first time? You remember that moment? It was special. It was when, when, when something clicked, right? The switch was flipped. And you're like, I need repentance. I need a savior, right? So we came forward or however it was, uh, whenever that was, uh, you know, for a lot of us, it was a long time ago. For a few of you guys, it was, you know, maybe a few years ago, or a few months ago. But for most of us here, it's probably a while back. And we had this, 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 this moment of understanding that I need Jesus and I can't continue or I can't do this alone. But the sad part about that is many people just stay with that event of repentance. And here's what happens usually. You have that moment and you want to shout to the world that Jesus has done something. You guys remember that? You want to run to people out on the street. And you want to tell them what just happened in your life. I've been going to church all my life. I mean, I got spanking after spanking, so I would go to church because I didn't want to go to church. But at 17 years old, something clicked and I thought, oh, this is real. This is actually something that I can hold on to for the rest of my life. This is life pursuing, changing. This is everything. And so I made a decision. But... Sadly, even though I was passionate, I was in love and I pursued God and I ran after him, something begins to happen, right? The world begins to happen. Life begins to happen. So then we begin this roller coaster in the relationship that we have with God, right? Some highs of, man, I am good. You know what? Jesus, just come right now. I'm ready. Then there's these lows. You're like, just not yet, Jesus, because I got some problems right now. And then it's, it becomes this roller coaster every time, right? And especially when we, I was 17. I was young, I was passionate for God, and I wanted more of God. But then I had the world pull, pulling and tugging as well. And my sinful nature wanted more of the world too. So there's this battle every day of what to do. Some days we're good. Some things were not good. You understand what I'm saying? So this moment of repentance that I had, the, where the switch was turned on, was not sufficient. A true Christian shows true repentance in the ongoing daily practice of repentance in their life. Please hear this out, church, and if you're watching, you are not a true Christian if you are not pursuing an ongoing daily repentance in your life. And you might say, well, I don't sin every day. You just did by thinking that. Please. So this is ongoing this is the, the attitude and the, the, the way we ought to approach this life in Christ. Because in Christ means he is everything for me. And I am uh, uh, running away from everything else that 
pulls me away from Jesus, right? So there is a daily understanding that this is a regeneration of my mind that needs to take place that leads me to change my actions. So let's look at Luke chapter 13, verse 1 and 5. And that last verse 5 says, I tell you again, unless you repent, you will perish too. Again, repentance is an ongoing state of the mind, body, and soul. When Jesus calls us to repentance, he means, or he meant that our entire life, we would be repenting. Our entire life, this is what we do. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, please read it with me. And it says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, verse 1, Romans 12, verse 1, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all of, he, uh, all, of all he has done for you. Because of all he has done for you. Uh, second part of verse 1, it says, Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Please don't limit worship to a moment of singing two, three songs in your weekly Sunday meeting of service. The way you worship God is by presenting your bodies to God in holy sacrifice. It's not singing songs on the drive to work every week. It's not necessarily worship. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Can I just stop and close the book here right now and just go home with that? Don't copy the behaviors of and customs of this world. I'll read that first part again. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way. What does it say? The way you think. Let me ask you this question from the moment you came to an understanding that you had a relationship with Jesus. Is God still transforming you? Or are you still the same person? Like ask, ask yourself, am I the same person? Am I drawn to the same things that, I'm, that was drawn before I came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ in my life. Is though, are those things still attractive to me? Because if they are, it is a sign that you need to be repenting every day. And that we should be pursuing God every day and wanting to know Him every day. Because every day... It's a constant battle. Verse 2, don't copy the behaviors of the custom of the world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing your way of thinking. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. I wonder what God's will for my life is. Have you ever heard that? Have you ever asked that to yourself? I wonder what God wants for me. He tells us. And it is that we are transformed. It's not that you make all this money. That's not the will of God for your life. 
It's not that you don't suffer on this earth. That's not the will of God. It's not that you are perfect and uh, uh, healthy in your body. That's not the will of God. The will of God is that you are transformed into a new creature, a new creation in him so that you can live out your days pursuing him and giving him glory. Not going after your dreams. I'm going after my dreams. Well, good luck with your dreams because God has perfect and better plans for us. And you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Why would I place my trust on myself? There is a psalm that says, God, you know the hearts of man and yet you still let them live. Are you kidding me? You know the hearts of man, and yet you think about our hearts, how much we need of God. His mercy is, is too much for us, and we should be grateful, and we should be pursuing him with everything that we have. Let me read you this. This is not mine. Charles Spurgeon said this, and he said, Repentance is a discovery of the evil of sin. A mourning that we have committed sin. And a resolution to forsake it. It is in fact a change of mind and a very deep practical character which makes the man love what once he hated and hate what once he loved. Do you hate what God hates? Or is it attractive to you? Do you love what God loves? Or do you hate it? We can ask ourselves those questions. And I think most of us know the answer. If, if, we, if we are uh, not in the pursuit of God, then we should... Really, I don't want to say be afraid, but we should be concerned of our relation, with our relationship with God. The reason we have to prioritize repentance is because Jesus has called us over and over to repentance. So look at the book, 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Verse 9 and 10 says, But if we confess our sins to who? To God, to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to clean us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His word has no place in our hearts. I think I've asked that in the last couple of weeks. When was the last time you poured out your heart before God and you asked for repentance? Was it this morning? Was it last month? Was it last year? 
So right before the pandemic, when, when, when did you pour out your heart to God? The gospel is on full display when we repent. Jesus came so that we could repent. I asked this question this morning. What is the problem with the world? What is the problem with the world? You are. I am. We're the problem. Sin in our lives is the problem with the world. And the solution to that is repentance. And understand that I have to repent. That without repentance, I'm out of luck. So my Christian life looks like a life that is surrendering. As repetitive and as whatever you want to think of this, without repentance, nothing else works. But I already pray the sinner's prayer that guarantees you nothing. We will be known because of our fruits, because of our perseverance. The light of the gospel must shine forward, and it has to point people to Jesus. We've talked about this here on this, in this church, about being representatives of Christ on this earth, ambassadors of Jesus. If your life is not pointing people to Jesus, but it's pointing them to you or anything you do, you have it wrong. Your life should be pointing people to Jesus and nothing else. Your life should be pointing people to Jesus and nothing else. Remember, this is what we've forgotten. We stand before a holy God. A holy God. And this is why we need repentance daily. I pray that we don't forget who we serve, who we play for, who we preach, who we uh, worship to. I pray that that is not just a, an idea. And then we think, oh, God understands me. I got my issues. He loves me still. That's not going to fly. Or at least that's not what the Bible says. We stand before a holy God. This is why we need repentance daily. Let me ask you a question. Are you broken hearted about yourself every time you sin against God? Does your heart even break anymore when you sin? Does our heart even feels sorry anymore? Or is it just a, well, you know, it is what it is. An apathetic attitude. Is it, is it breaking because we are sinning against God? Psalm 51, 17 says this. 
the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. And he gives us hope in the second part. He you will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. See, that's the hope. So it doesn't matter where you are. What God is saying, he desires a broken spirit, a broken sacrifice. And when we approach him with that type of heart, he says that he will not reject it. Repentance is vital, a vital part of the Christian life. It should never feel good. Because we should be broken hearted about what's happening. And if it feels good, you're doing it wrong. But it's necessary. It's what reminds us that we need God to be faithful in his grace and his mercies are new every day. Over and over throughout scriptures, God has always been calling his creation to repentance. Over and over, he's been doing it since the beginning of time. Look at the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. Joel, chapter 2, verse 12, and says this, That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now, while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Verse 13, don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish you see how good he is? He's knocking. When you hear this truth, he's knocking at the hearts of men. He's knocking at our hearts and saying, repent. Turn away from the direction you are living your life. And run to the cross. Run to Jesus. Our repentance has to come with a broken heart, a genuine desire not to sin against God anymore. There has to be a desire not to sin against God anymore. The psalmist David said to God, against you and only you have I sinned. Psalm 51.4, against you and only you have I sinned. When we sin, we sin against God. David saw his failures, his sin, directly affecting the relationship that he had with God. Do you see your sin directly affecting the relationship that he, you have with him? If we don't, then we might not be real Christians. If it doesn't bother us, we might not know God. We might just be religious. You might just follow the patterns. It's Sunday. Here I go.
We need to understand that repentance comes when we begin to understand the nature of God. And the nature of God is that he is holy and we are not. And because we don't understand how holy God is, we think he's okay with the way we live. He is not okay with the way we live, with the way we think, with the things we say. Let me put it this way. It's your, if your best friend knew what you thought of him or have ever thought of him, he would not be your best friend. God is calling you and me to repentance. And not just a one-time event, but to live a life of repentance. God is holy and we are not. The more we see God as glorious and holy, the more we will see the need to weep over our sins. Because he is majestic, perfect, holy, glorious. So the question is, how do we repent? Thank you for asking. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this. So put to death, verse 5, Colossians chapter 3. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Can we, can we pause real quick before we continue reading? Lurking means it's, it's just hanging about, right? It's just coming around the corner. It just hangs close enough to your heart for the moment that you stop understanding how much you need God every day, it crashes in your heart and your mind and your soul and you and I fall. And he's saying, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within, within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. God knows what you do when you click that mouse. God knows that we cannot hide and he's saying, put sin to death. And we call ourselves Christians. May God help us all. It's, there is a need for the church, for any here in the church around the world, for repentance. For some reason, sin has been acceptable. And we've all made the same mistakes. And I stand here today just urging all of us, please ask yourself the question, am I really a Christian? And it says, don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because, verse 6, because of these sins... The anger of God is coming. It is not acceptable to live that way as Christians. And if we are living that way, I am here to say we are not truly Christians. First John 
verse chapter 1, verse 9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all our wickedness. Now, in repentance, we have to fully acknowledge the magnitude of our sin. We have to own the large cost that Jesus paid on the cross. We have to understand that I deserve death. But Jesus came and paid the price. We have to face the gravity of our guilt before a holy God. And we can't without repentance. So we need Jesus. Your life needs Jesus. Your friends need Jesus. Your husband, your spouse, your children need Jesus. Your family members need Jesus. Your church needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. I'll finish with this. In conclusion, just give up trying to do it yourself. Because you can't. Well, I'm going to pray more and I'm going to make sure I only listen to Christian music. That will do the job. I mean, maybe for a day or two. Without true repentance. Without true repentance. We'll fall back to our sinful nature. We need to give up all hope that your goodness can save you. But instead, we need to repent. Look to the only one that can give us a right standing relationship with the Father, which is Jesus Christ. And through his spirit here on earth, he helps us and he walks with us. Through a daily, true relationship with God. When you spend time in the scriptures, when you spend time in prayer, when you spend time in fellowship, when we edify one another, when we pray for one another, when we encourage one another, when we do life. Not accepting. A lifestyle of sin in the people you know, but saying you need repentance. We need repentance. We need to align ourselves to scripture. That is a real friend. Someone that never says anything, that's not a friend. Here's what Jesus said. This last verse, Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30 says this. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30 says, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is Thank you so much for listening to the Osana Houston podcast. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to email us at info at Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Osana Houston. 
If you would like to donate, visit our website, rosannahouston.org.